All right. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Rescue Bots podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Ruh, row, Raggy. I'm David. Arf, arf. Bork. Bow, wow, wow. Yes. Uh, much, uh, much doge, so amaze. <laughs> well, actually, as it is in this episode, meep, meep, for some reason. <laughs> uh, this is uh, this is Four-Legged Hero, the 73rd episode of Rescue Bots. This is the 21st episode of Season 3. We're almost at the end of the third season. And this is our 335th official counting episode of the Stasis Pod. Zoinks. Plus, however many... I, I did count up how many bonus things, not counting all the Patreons now. We're up to, like, 70 Patreon episodes. It's a lot of episodes. Yes. And, Doing this uh, a while. Yeah, this is... One of, the, uh, one of these days i got to figure out, like, ah, how many years we've been doing this. Oh I, God. I do and don't want to find out that number. Because no, a, no. a couple of podcasts I listen to are up to, like, 10 years. It's like, we haven't been doing it that long, but it has been a while. I mean, we're we're no RFC. No, no. Who have been doing it since before it was there was like a name for it. Yes. Yeah, like one of the podcasts, a comic book podcast I listened to was like one of the earliest podcasts and it's still freaking going. Oh, what what happened? They're on a ridiculous number. Like 700 or some shit. <laughs> so, as uh, so this episode oh, 860. It's like Yikes. Podcasts have been around that long? What the hell? That's too anyway, many. Yes. <laughs> We're getting old. Yeah, so this was uh, written by the uh, by the late Dean Stefan. Aww. Um, this is one of uh, eight uh, Rescue Bots episodes he, he wrote. He also wrote uh, Society of Ultimate Villainy for Animated. Yes. <laughs> nice. And uh, most... Uh, most recently, he wrote, uh, Did You See What I Thought? The Rescue Bots episode with Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that was not that long ago. No. That was, that was an interesting episode. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, he has a long animation history. And, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is kind of a weird episode. It's, uh... I mean, a lot of it concern. We see a lot of non-verbal characters interacting with each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. which that's not entirely out of norm for Transformers. This is this, it has it, been it's a, a while, though. I guess I'm just not entirely sure why they have a robot dog that none of them can understand. Yeah, that part seems weird. Like he's also a sentient Cybertronian, but he can't talk. It's I mean, it, it just goes back to, like, G1, where, like, oh, Ravage didn't really talk, except when he did. Well, and also, they they seem to be able to understand Ravage when he, like, makes cat noises. Yeah. Yeah, but really, I don't know, sometimes it, it seems a well, little inconsistent with anyway. Ravage, because it's like sometimes only Soundwave seems to understand him, but then sometimes everyone seems to understand him. I don't know, sometimes Jazz can fly. This is true. I mean, I think that I, I don't know that he's on a level with like Ravage. This guy is just like a dog. Also, this is and you know, it's it's funny because I watched this episode and I came to a conclusion and then I looked up uh, I pulled up Servo's page on the TF wiki 
that just declares my conclusion to be accurate and canonical in some way. And that that conclusion is that Servo is a minicon. Well, considering he can transform into tools, yeah. They do talk about him being a helper in this episode. They refer to him as being like a helper bot. Mm. I was like, so like, especially in the context of the aligned universe, that would put him along with like Fix It. Hmm. Yes. So who is also a minicon? So and and who is also in that kind of but questionably <laughs> moral yes. subservient talks role. Talks in a, a person, although he has some issues but but like well, yeah but there are also mini cons who just make funny gremlin sounds yeah but like most of the ones who were animals could also talk some of them just like to grunt a lot yes yeah, and some of them sound like robbie wrist yeah and and somehow th- this dog oh, that servo toy is so expensive doesn't yeah <laughs> i want it so bad now well welcome to looking up old toys yeah, did I mention on a previous episode how much Salvage's toy goes for now? A lot. Get medic. It's a lot. Yeah, uh, he's not the. Apparently, the one that they have at Ollie's is not the like show color. Uh, um, yeah. It's the green one. Hmm. But anyway, so yes, I, I got that bit where he des- they describe him as as a, a helper bot, and I was like, he's a mini con and. The the wicked uh, the TF Wiki page is just like Servo is High Tide's faithful and helpful mini con dog. <laughs> like oh, I guess that's canon. Which, and yeah, so uh, oh. wait a minute how how have have uh, Soundwaves Recordicon pet buddies ever been mini cons other than Cybertron? I'm sure they've. Been I mean, the Cybertron one was definitely a mini con, but in other versions, I can't remember. There was. I'm I'm almost certain they've been called minicons at some point. I know there was a while, and unfortunately, that while happened to be concurrent with when they were doing the uh, new anime subtitles, hmm. where they were de- just declaring them all to be like deployers. Oh yeah. right, we, we really they truly tried to make deployers happen. They tried to make deployers happen again, which was, like I said, unfortunately, a- another good reason why the Headmaster's anime should only be appreciated with the amazing dub and not the boring American <laughs> subtitles. De- deployers is is surprisingly an accurate description, but I don't like it for some reason. Well, it, it's just not it's not catchy. It's just, and yet it, Recordicon is, and it's it's technically a worse term. I mean, it's like we, we came up with ten words. This is the one that cleared legal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And considering Beast Machines, that kind of feels like where they were with naming sometimes. Yes. I mean, much much like was, Fetch, they kept trying to make it happen. <laughs> I want to say that the deployers weren't even, like, the main team at Hasbro at that point on Transformers. No, no, that was, like, some sort of... There was, there was a guy who was active in the fandom at the time, who was on that team. Oh, was that Andrew Frankel? That's the guy, yes. Okay. Be- and they, they did the uh, the Deployers and the Beast Riders. Yeah. And the, they were like some sort of weird, because I want to say that I found, finally found them at like an FYE or something along those lines. 
And, and their bios had, like, obscure Generation 1 references. In but them. they were also really cute and had ridiculous names, and yes. I loved them a lot. And I liked them I a lot, And when I did too. my big collection purge, I absolutely... I think I kept the recolors, because those mm. were even, like, rarer. But, those uh, were, yes. But yes, they... At one point, the cassettes were referred to as deployers, but that apparently didn't stick. And I think, yes. I don't know what they tend to be classified now as. I'm not sure offhand. I, I do really like that there's a joke in Earth Spark about not knowing what a cassette is. <laughs> <laughs> Young people not knowing what a cassette is. Uh. So, yeah, we, uh, we, we open with. Uh, we've got a little, little dog action because this is a dog focused episode. So. So Boulder and Cody are, they've got uh, Servo out, he's doing some training, just in the in the park, which, I don't know, you should probably use your backyard for this, as we'll see <laughs> soon. You can't <laughs> use their backyard, because their backyard is full of a giant life-size Hot Wheels track. <laughs> <laughs> as no. has been previously established. Yes. Although, at, at the at this time, uh, Mrs. Lusky, the, uh, the mayor's uh, somewhat airheaded trophy wife... I think this might be the first time she's had lions. I no I no. She said some things. There was a before previous this. episode. Wasn't there the dog show episode? Was oh right, yeah, I can't. Remember. I think she talked in that. And yes. uh, she she hasn't had a lot of lines, and it's been a while. But yes, uh, she is voiced by uh, Nicole Dubik, uh, show yes. uh, showrunner of both this and uh, Earthspark. Yes. And as we've mentioned many times before, the little girl from Major Dad. <laughs> Every time Somehow, she comes Somehow, surprisingly. Yes. Yeah, she is two characters who show up towards the end of Earthspark. Uh, mm. She is Skywarp and Nova Storm. Mm. Who I was going to ship until I realized that they had the same voice actress and were therefore probably implied to be sisters of some sort. <laughs> and that's creepy. And uh, she is there with Poopsy, her tiny little uh, fluffy purse dog. Yeah, it's like a Pomeranian, I think. The beginning or, of this or, episode or like, like is... Like a Bichon Frise, maybe? Basically, Mrs. Lusky almost, but not quite, saying words that they're not allowed to say on a show. <laughs> because she's at some point almost about to say something about poop. Yes. And then she's almost, but not quite, saying that, that Poopsie scared her to death. She's just like, oh, you scared me to... And then it's like interrupted. <laughs> so, I like how she almost, but not... Especially considering that her voice actress is one of the writers, that kind of feels like... <laughs> yes. There's, they know that you are not supposed to say those words, so they're, mm-hmm. like, hinting. They're they're edging up to it, not quite yes. going over. And, of course, you know, because other people are there, Boulder has to be all bleep bloop, I am a robot. <laughs> bleep bloop. And uh, as a dog owner, I can tell you, do not take your dog to play in a park that is not fully fenced in. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't seem like a good idea. Well, you, you got to go to the dog park. Either either keep him on the leash or go to somewhere with a fence. Yes. Especially not somewhere that is surrounded by cars. Dogs do not fully understand cars. No. No. Well, I, I generally don't trust a dog outside of a fence anyway, even with a leash, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, I obviously take him out with a leash, and he's pretty good. He's with me right now, uh, listening oh. intently, I'm sure. Well, yes, uh-huh. inside. 
go to the dog park unless you're in Night Vale, in which case no one is allowed in the dog park. But everyone goes to the dog park. No, they don't. Speaking of only the hooded figures go to the dog park. Well, that was old. Speaking of podcasts, I haven't listened to in forever. You should catch up. It was good for a hundred episodes, but I listened to a hundred episodes, and it's like it changed and became less fun spooky and it was just too charming and twee uh. anyway best spoke spookiness also I didn't you like the live shows as much put a bird on the spookiness anyway so uh, so you know they're, they're trying you know he has to maintain the charade and mean however uh, servo also has to because he is also a uh, a robot dog. And this becomes a problem when Poopsie decides to go and go out and play in traffic. Well, yeah, as <laughs> many small dogs do, they're, they're seemingly suicidal. Yes. Got to run out into traffic. It's what they do. Hmm. And so, of course, Servo, you know, has to save this dog. Um, which is which, of course, he was not commanded to do. But uh, luckily, as they note, it's not like Mrs. Uh, Lusky is going to be thinking too hard about it or anything. <laughs> yeah, which they, they're like, yeah, it's, it's probably fine this time. The dog in danger, you're not going to be focused on the little details. Well, especially because she repeatedly thanks uh, Jody for his assistance. Yeah, well, yes. Yes, twice. Even after being corrected. Mm. Yes. Thank you, Jody. So, you know, they get back to the firehouse, and of course, Heatwave is mad, because Heatwave is almost always mad, but here he's kind of got a point, because they have to maintain their cover as, you know, bleep-bloop robots, as opposed to uh, sentient beings, and Servo, if he goes out and rescues small dogs autonomously, is uh, clearly not the kind of robot they're going for. That's, That's the scary kind of robot. And especially if they then proceed to also go back out onto the road to bring the bone back. Yes. Yeah, that that was a step too far. <laughs> so, you know, they're they're going to have to keep a uh you know, so I guess this is uh this would really have been like a Kevin Costner in uh in Man of Steel situation where you have to let uh, that tiny dog died to preserve uh, Servo's secret. No! Oh, I thought you he would be cursing, no, my boat, or something. <laughs> Whatever the fuck he said in Waterworld, I haven't seen that in decades. Listen, you look thirsty. Uh, drink my pee. Oh. <laughs> well, if there's no fresh water, I mean, that sort of makes sense, disgusting as it might be. <laughs> Astronauts drink their pee. It's not like it's that weird. Well, I suppose. Anyway. The rest so, of the movie's just stupid. So we, we check in at uh, Casa Lusky. Uh, Mrs. Lusky's got something new for Poopsie. A, a diamond-encrusted collar. Ooh, These people have too much money. Yes. Yes, well, they politician, do. Well, politician We're and the guillotines. married to a politician. He is definitely embezzling money from this town. Yes. Oh, let's not talk about guillotines. I I learned way too much about the French Revolution this week because I fucked up. Wait, you learned too much about the French Revolution this week because you messed up? Did you uh, 
Did you storm a uh, a prison or something? Someone explained to him that Robespierre is not adorable, and uh, well, he had to oh, educate himself. Yeah, that's uh, that's certainly true. The, the weird thing is Robespierre fears like... Okay, we're going way off tangent. Robespierre <laughs> feels like two entirely different people. Like, he was progressive about things and, and like, abolishing... Like the slave trade that France was really big into at the time, and and getting the right for the average, admittedly male citizen, but this was the 1700s, right? 1600s, whatever. 1700s. The right to vote, and and like all this good shit, and then up sometime around when he kills Louis the Fourteenth, like they guillotine him, and then just Robespierre turns into Grand Moff Tarkin. He's a cartoon villain. It's weird. Now you I mean, know. Anyway, I mean, uh, to uh, that, I mean, that's, that's where Pringles got their got their slogan. Once you pop, you just can't stop. <laughs> but it's except it's, in his case, it's once you pop somebody's head off, yeah. you just can't stop. You can't. Yeah, like it, it was. I mean, it's just it's just so satisfying. It's like popping bubble wrap. <laughs> anyway, it, it's just a weird thing to discover. Like my vague memories of world history, I learned twenty years ago. I get the feeling Robespierre was completely left out. It, well, the French Revolution was just sort of dusted over the... Oh, yeah, they, they were friends with the American Revolution guys. Ben Franklin went over there and had a gay old time and whored around. <laughs> Our buddies, the French. Yeah, so the, the, it was a very light thing, and me digging into Robespierre, it's like, what the hell? Admittedly, it, it it's ridiculous. It feels like, no, so... It, some of this shit must have been scapegoated onto him because he was a convenient bad guy. But even if he did only half the shit, holy fuck. David has offended a European, so he, he had to atone by actually I, educating himself on European history. Well, see, we're, we're, we learned this much differently in Canada because clearly, you know, those, those dastardly French shitters kept their royal family like the British. <laughs> And and just you know, just as the United States should have become a country, uh, not by having a violent revolution, but by waiting like a hundred years and asking very nicely. Well, no, that that that's part of the confusion. It's like he wanted to kill the monarchy. It's like, okay, I'm with there, you there, and then kill everybody else. Wait, are we just killing the nobility? No, we're killing people who are not French enough. It's like, okay, you've gone too far. <laughs> All right, settle down. I mean, the thing is that a, a lot of Canada's English-speaking population are descended from. Uh, the United Empire loyalists, who were uh, British, more well, well. I mean, they were they were you know Americans, but yeah, well. they wanted to keep living under Britain after the revolution, so they just went up to Canada. <laughs> oh, yeah, that sort of makes sense, except for the the French. Well, the French part, France spread a lot into North America, but apparently didn't have much of an impact outside of Quebec. And well, like Nova part of that is that they lost um, uh, they lost the French and Indian War. Oh, there's oh, there's so many wars all over the place in there. Like another thing, like for some reason during the French Revolution, some idiot thought it was a good idea to invade Austria, which just escalated everything so much more because King Louis was fucking related by marriage to the Austrian king. Ah, oh, there's just so many levels of madness over there, and and somehow we you got democracy in France out of that. Oh, and then Napoleon shut up. Fuck. It, and then a second Napoleon. Yes, well, was Napoleon, Napoleon the Third twice, and then like Napoleon the th- like was it his cousin or nephew or something? Napoleon Three. This time it's personal. 
<laughs> anyway, <laughs> robot dogs. I, I, I know European history was weird, but it was it was just going down a rabbit hole of this is crazier than I remember. But yes, rescue bots. Sorry. Anyway, I mean the thing about European history is there's an awful lot of it. Yes. Yes, this is true. It's it, I I guess just. My previous delvings had had gone more into just England and Ireland and Scotland. It's been going on for a while. And going going on a deep dive into France was weird. Yeah, so anyway, there, there is definitely some, like, some, like, public building in uh, in Griffin Rock that was basically made with, like, paper mache to cover up the uh, the graft that resulted in uh, this diamond-crested neck uh, dog collar. Also, we get to mm. see, I don't know, I mean, I'm sure at some point we've seen the interior of Chateau Lusky. But yeah. uh, we do see that he has portraits of himself and his wife as, like, monarchs. Oh, yeah, with crowns on! Yes! Oh, that I guess that that's another thing related to my digression. But yeah, it's like, I, I don't... We, we've seen inside there before. I don't remember the portraits. That Although might, mostly we just see outside the house with the giant fountains and all kinds of shit. I vaguely recall that, um... I think Marion... No, no, um... That William Randolph Hearst and his mistress later wife, Marion something or other. Ravenwood? They may have had a similar portrait, and they've made um, Mayor Lusky Citizen Kane comparisons before. Yes, that's fair. Because his yacht is the floating Xanadu. Yes. So that might be a, like... I keep wanting to say Marion Barry, but that's not correct. <laughs> no, that, that, that's a mayor. Marion Barry was not uh, Wayne Randolph Hearst. No. Mistress. I mean, th- th- that would be very progressive of him. Kane set I, me up. He was very progressive. Uh, Marion Barry was very progressive. He just also had uh, a bad cocaine habit and <laughs> prostitutes. Yeah. Well, well, specifically a crack cocaine habit. Yes. Other than that, he was very good for his community. I mean, apart from that. Anyway, so Poopsie has become infatuated with uh, Servo. Yes. I noticed that on, speaking of the French, uh, according to TF Wiki, the French title of this episode translates to For the Love of Servo. (laughs) (laughs) Pour l'amour de Servo. I I think that's also what uh, what the chief says when he stuffs his, uh, when when he stubs his uh, foot in the middle of the night. Oh, for the love of Servo! <laughs> anyway, so yeah, you know she she's watching him on TV. He's got we've uh, got uh, newspaper articles. She's putting uh, in her little doggy bed. Yes, yes. and so it she's determined to kind of weird. It's like this episode takes a turn into the girl who loved Powered Glide for dogs. A little bit. It's a little bit like uh, that. I was also thinking of the movie K Nine. Where uh, Jim Belushi gets his like dog partner laid? Yes. Oh no! With a poodle, of course, because that's movie speak for well, girl. Dog. All poodles are girl dogs. That's that's how that's how it works. Yeah. Uh, it's like how dogs are boys and cats are girls. Yes, everyone knows this. Well, I, I feel that's less common anymore. 
with more movies like cats versus dogs or whatever the fuck. You have more of a variety. Anyway, so, uh, so yeah, she takes this color, she makes off of it, and nobody, speaking of the the idle rich, nobody, they've got this uh, palatial mansion. They don't lock the doors or close the doors. Well, as will be mentioned, when, after this all happens, everyone is very surprised that we actually have a, a B&D yes. on the island. So yeah. apparently, like, so long as the druids are in jail, as long as Evan and Miles are, I think that was their names. As Evan long and as, Miles. As long as they're in jail, you're fine. You don't need to lock your doors. Yes. And, you know, uh, Dr. Morocco's been sent to the future. Yeah. Well, I don't think Morocco's going to do a regular B&E unless it's at a museum. No, but he would definitely kidnap the mayor if he had a good reason to. Absolutely. Yeah. Or, or he'd, use, he'd he'd take these these this diamond crust collar. He'd use the diamonds to make lasers. Yes, <laughs> yeah. make, using oh, diamonds and- to make lasers also a valid purpose. We have a good scene of the chief picking up the phone and the mayor going rassum frassum on the. You can barely hear on the phone. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a good walla dialogue there. Yeah, because of course he thinks this collar has been stolen and he doesn't notice that his dog is missing. Yeah, yeah well, no. it's not his dog. It's his wife's yeah, so, dog. So you know she. Yeah, so she goes out, she buries this dog collar, Servo retrieves it, and then he has found a red pod at the scene of the crime. Well, he's found red pod outside the firehouse, because Poopsie came to the firehouse to give it to him, and then she buried it for him, and then he dug it up. So he's at the firehouse with it. And a thing you think would be easy to explain, it's like... uh, Dog showed up, buried this, I dug it up. Like, even if he can't talk, he should be communicate somehow. Type on a keyboard or data pad, something. My parents do have a dog, and they live out in, like, the woods down a dirt road, and he's large enough to just jump over the chain link fence, or has was until he started getting arthritis, poor thing. But he and the neighbor dog would like steal each other's toys occasionally. So <laughs> it just be, my mom would just find an unfamiliar dog toy in the yard, and she'd call the neighbor and be like, "Is this Sally's? Yeah, that's Sally's. Oh, that's cute. They formed a little gang. So yeah, that's that's dogs. So so it it is and. Ad- we also get a brief Huxley Prescott appearance here reporting on Servo. Yes. <laughs> Love some Huxley Prescott. <laughs> Meanwhile, Servo serves as a Roto-Rooter rover. He's got that tail tool. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's Caden Graham who have to return this collar, uh, doing a, a real terrible job of lying, but the mayor seems to buy it. Yes. Mm. Like, yeah, we just found it. I guess the, the perp must have seen us coming and dropped it in run. Yep. All's well that ends that, well. Yes. But of course, they're very concerned that uh, somehow Servo has learned to steal. Yes. They're blaming <laughs> Cody and Boulder for it. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Messing with packaging. I'm being terrible. Uh, I, well, meanwhile, I'm messing with Puffer in the background. Yeah, so so you know they're they're trying to they've got this dog out. They're trying to teach him only to respond to commands. Uh-huh. But unfortunately, once again, Poopy has escaped and somewhat implausibly ends up uh, 
hanging from the back of a truck that is carrying dinosaur bones. Well, she she goes to give her bone to Servo, and Servo's and, and like, he rejects uh, it. I gotta I gotta act like a robot though. I can't just take this toy bone and have fun with it. But then she sees a picture of a bone on a truck and chases the truck, and and thus we have dino bone chase. In, in rescue situation. So yes, she gets on this truck, and he's got to try to get her off the truck. And it's at this point that this episode turns into uh, Baby's Day Out, or possibly those those old Buttons and Mindy bits on. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's what they were called on Animaniacs. Yeah. Yes. Unless I'm mistaken, that isn't the one with uh, like Bernadette Peters, that singing cat, is it? I do not remember. Those are the segments that have kind of left my I brain. Think you're, I think you're right. I think it's Buttons and Mendy, but also I agree. Oh, yeah, that, that was Rita and Runt, apparently. Oh. She was like a singing cat voiced by Bernadette Peters, and then she had like a, a really stupid dog sidekick who was voiced by Frank Welker doing his dumb guy voice. I don't even remember that. I, I remember the Hip Hippo segments slightly more. Oh, wow, those were the worst. You don't remember them doing uh, Les Miserables? I re- well, I don't like musicals, so no, I've tried to forget it. I remember Good Feathers. Which, when, when I saw that movie, I was like, how do I know these songs? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Master of the House, Keeper of the Zoo. <laughs> the one good song. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so yeah, the... Poopsie is just going all over town, causing absolute mayhem. Well, and she causes dino damage first in the dino, museum. She, she, she dino damage. She huggers for bones, so she destroys an entire Tyrannosaurus skeleton, the last bone of which they've just uh, recovered. Which was apparently the mayor's pet project. Yes, and uh, we haven't seen this museum curator before, but he's extremely Germanic. Yes, he has a very strong accent. It is very adorable. <laughs> Was that Steve Bloom doing that? I think so. I, I'm he, watching that It was that a cartoonish Star- accent that felt like, oh, this guy's probably going to show up again. <laughs> I, I'm watching uh, Star Wars Rebels these days, and it's astonishing how many of the Stormtroopers are just Steve Bloom doing his Steve Bloom tough guy voice. Yes. Oh. I noticed that when I watched it, like, a year or two ago. Did they just clone Wolverine or something? Why are all these guys Steve Bloom? <laughs> Maybe. I thought all of them were... Uh, D. No, not D. Bradley Baker. What's the other guy? D. Bradley Baker is the guy who does all the clones. Okay. But the uh, by rebels, they're not all clones anymore. Oh, oh, okay. They're just like guys. But you wouldn't know it mm. by them all having the exact same Steve Bloom voice. Yes. <laughs> and it, anyway, so uh, so yeah, uh, uh, Poopsie kills Paleotrex here. <laughs> no! And then, you know, they, they go downtown, there's a guy hanging off a giant tooth-shaped sign, there's people moving a giant pane of glass. Yeah, we, we have our normal fruit cart chase gags all packed together. Yes. Yes. Because as we have established, this writer loves some Marx Brothers. <laughs> and now Peril is on its way because uh, uh, Poopsie's now headed to the zoo. Uh-oh. Oh. Poopsie? He's gotten, into, he's gotten into the lion cage. So Servo has to turn off the power, and we end up with a Jurassic Park situation. Uh, yeah. 
But, but thankfully, Poopsie manages to avoid being on the set of Roar, because Servo throws the stake that Poopsie was trying to get at the lion. <laughs> trying yeah. to steal it from a lion. That was pretty then adorable. A, then a gorilla escapes, but luckily Heatwave is able to sufficiently imitate a gorilla to intimidate it back into its cage. <laughs> Which, uh, that was pretty cute. I was just expecting him to skirt, squirt the monkey with a hose. Nope. He's gonna beat his chest and roar. Oh. Uh, I guess Congo was on TV last night. <laughs> so Blades it, it was, was watching like, it. Yeah, his, his plan B was shooting it with a laser, like Laura Linney. Blades has absolutely <laughs> watched Congo. Actually, funny thing, Congo was like literally on Pluto TV yesterday when I turned it on before I headed over Ooh. to another station. <laughs> oh man, so many so many terrible accents in that movie. Yeah. And then Joe Pantheano not doing an accent at all. I mean, why would he? Hey, it's me. I'm Joe Pantoliano. I'm in Africa. <laughs> you know what said he was from Africa? No, in fact, he specifically likes some sort of expatriate who's like a procurer over there. He's like, hey, it's me. I'm, I'm Joe Pantoliano. I'm here to show you around your expedition and introduce you to Ernie Hudson. <laughs> yeah. Also, you stay away from that Tim Curry. I'm pretty sure that's not his real accent. <laughs> Speaking of rescue bots. Sorry, that was a different Tim Curry thing. It is more ridiculous than his Russian accent. He's supposed to be Romanian or something in this. It's it's about as close as you can get to Tim Curry playing Dracula. (laughs) Wait, he's never played Dracula. I don't think he's played. Well, he's got like a cape in that uh, that that worst witch. Mm -hmm. Oh, where he does that? uh, Was it Every Day Is Halloween or something song? Wow, Look it up I, on YouTube. It's Yeah, I might need to. That he, sounds amazing. It has some phenomenally bad chroma key special effects in it. That sounds amazing. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, so, you know, this calamity is averted, but of course the mayor is calling up and he, you know, he wants this dog gone. He wants this dog gone, gone, dog gone. <laughs> You know, he wants him off the, you know, sit, you know they're going to have to send him to a off robot farm upstate. <gasps> oh, no. Well, they'll send him back to high tide. Yeah, they'll just send him yes. back to high tide. But, you know, clearly he you know, he likes it around there, and they like having him around. And so finally, you know, they, they, they take Poopsie back home. Where, um, you know, Mrs. Lusky can't even bring herself to touch the filthy color on, uh, on Poopsie. So she has to, like, use a piece of newspaper to get it off her but. This piece of newspaper has a picture of Servo on it from the from a news report. So they, they throw that out. She falls into the trash. She gets into this garbage can. She's taken away by this robot garbage truck. What? And so is the mayor. As is the mayor. Because <laughs> he goes outside and falls into a garbage can just as the truck is about to grab it. So good job, mayor. So- so, so luckily, however, Cody is, is going through this uh, security footage like it's the Zapruder film. Yeah, and like, it turns uh, out there was an incident of Cody being the police state. It's upsetting slightly. He, he, he's the <laughs> he's the Panopticon, and and there oh, no. and there is a and there is a second pupper on the grassy knoll. 
Uh, yeah. uh, it, it, it is indeed. This was, it turns out this was all uh, Servo's fault, or this was all Poopsie's Oopsie. fault. So, Poopsie. Poopsie. So they, they are luckily, you know, the, the mayor's wife calls in, her dog and her husband are missing. And as and Chief Burns comments, she sounds more upset about one of those than the other. Indeed. <laughs> Well, you know, she she only gets uh, the inheritance if the one of them dies. Yes. <laughs> Crushed by a garbage can? Oh, how terrible. Oh, no. Sad. That's that's real sad. Anyway. Poopsie, I got you a new collar. This one's titanium. Let's see, uh-huh. Hot singles in your area. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, so they get there, and uh, you will recall the, the scrap master, the gigantic terrifying uh, garbage munching uh, mechanism. It's pretty scary. I mean, maybe they shouldn't have made this thing look so much like a giant Muppet monster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it is about to eat them. Luckily, they are... You know, it is Servo who saves the day. Uh, the mayor and the dog are not devoured. And you know, the mayor thankfully retrieves his toupee. Of course, I think he'd want a new one at this point. <laughs> and of course, he's uh, you know he's very happy that uh, he's now you know servo. Oh, he's great. Yeah, uh, to be honest, the there, there's one dog around here that isn't well trained, and it's not servo. Yeah, yeah, poor Poopsie. And then of course Poopsie then flees the the dump, leaving the mayor to chase after her. And all is well. The end. Well, this is this is a a very slight episode, even by the standards of uh, of rescue bots. Yeah, it, it's fine. There's nothing really wrong with it. It's it's just it's very lo- low dialogue, animal focused. Yes. Hijinks ensue. I mean, it's the, the, cute, the stakes are lower even than usual. There, there isn't a ton of peril. The peril is mostly we might have to send our dog back. I mean, that's kind of perilous. It starts out with Poopsie almost being killed in traffic. Well, this is true. I do feel... I I can definitely feel frustrated for Servo, like, clearly being an intelligent creature and not being able to fully communicate with the people around him. That that sounds... it, It seems annoying, because he should be able to, like, tell people... But he can't because yes. he he doesn't have speech for some reason. Because <laughs> he's, he's a dog, allowed. It's like those little gremlin mini cons. I love yeah. them. Yeah. They're just Steve Bloom. And it's fine. All right. So uh, so yeah, that is uh, that is the episode. I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusatsu Corner. Yes. <clears throat> if my throat will hold out. Ah, cooped up inside. Allergy season, not fun. Well, all seasons are allergy season. It's just dander season and, and Christmas stuff. I still need to fully put away. Anyway, um, this week are one, two, three, four, five, five man. Do re mi fight. Okay. Sure. It, it's a musical sort of episode, but not. Well, it's not an actual musical. It's just music involved heavily in this episode. The Yellow Ranger is 
dressed like she's performing martial arts, kung fu stuff, but she's teaching music to children to help out a friend teacher who is sick or something. That part's kind of brushed to the side. It's just Yellow Ranger teaching kids. Oh, but she can't be teaching her regular kids because they're... Remember, their school was destroyed in the first episode. Oops. Whatever. So she's she substitute teaching as a music teacher. And cut to the, the, the bad guys have summoned up an ice monster with a name that I didn't even pay attention to. Like, most of the monsters are, are themed on, like, usually an animal. Or, or you can guess, like, what alien beast this animal's reference to, like a cat or something. This is just ice. I have no idea. Ice monster. <laughs> and it's out freezing things with the... the Do the, nice monster stuff. The mushroom Godzilla guy helping him around. Is it? Was it the mushroom Godzilla guy? Uh, it, it doesn't really even matter who was with him. Point is, he, he's freezing stuff so much that he turns the sky... Well, he turns the entire screen blue. You know how, like, day for night is done? Only instead of making it dark blue, it's a light blue. The entire screen is just blue to the point it's like, wait a minute, did that happen or did the disc error? <laughs> oh, no. But no, it's, it's supposed to be blue for ice and... Two of the rangers are out driving, and they hit a patch of black ice, and then they see icicles coming down, and then they get into a fight with the ice monster. But and then we, we cut back to, oh, we're back in color. What is this? The Wizard of Oz? The Yellow Ranger is still teaching these kids music. And, and the music wafts through the air and drives away the freezing cold that is being blasted by the monster at the rangers and the color returns to the screen. What? It, it's very odd, but there's that back and forth. And the bad guys, like their egg-headed minion woman, Zaza or something, somehow shows up while the ranger is teaching the kids music, breaks all their instruments, and then just runs away. Because apparently they know, oh, music stops the cold? Stops you feeling cold? Sure. Sure. I mean, it, it might help, but like it might make you feel warmer, theoretically, but it's not actually going to make you... Why is that? The, the, why is music the way to defeat the monster of the week? <laughs> I'm confused by this. Anyway, the, 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 the lesson of this is that anything that can make sound is an instrument... Because the rangers discover all the, the broken instruments, but then, like, just two drumsticks are beating on a glass, and it's like, oh, we can solve the day with grabbing random things around the house to make music. Grab some pots and pans, and the yellow ranger plucks a leaf off of a rose and uses that as a leaf whistle? Somehow, I, I don't think she's holding it properly. I've never been able to figure out how you're supposed to use grass as a whistle anyway. I can whistle better without it. Well, I can't whistle right now because my mouth is dry because of all the talking. <laughs> anyway, but but somehow, like, the leaf whistle she's using sounds more like a fart. Yeah. And and they're making music out of it, and the song they keep playing over and over is Do, Re, Mi, Fa, So, La, Ti, Do, or variations of that. Although they're using different things because it's in Japanese. Right. And they're like, doe, a deer, a female deer, isn't the line they're going with. Anyway, so she's leading a troop of the children playing on pots and pans as the other rangers are fighting the ice monster. And this drives away the blue screen again. 
not not a blue screen. The screen has just turned blue because they adjusted the saturation levels. And I have a cat in my lap being annoying now. Hi. They need love. Hey. And Cats need love. Anyway, th- th- this helps the rangers start defeating the monster, and then the yellow ranger goes one-on-one in a kung fu fight with an insert song about kung fu dancing to beat up the monster of the week with her... um. She has a baton shaped like a musical note, because I guess she's the music-themed music teacher ranger. I guess, I forget what all in the first episode, like, each of them was like a specific teacher or something. One was a gym coach. I don't know. Anyway, so they prevail. She defeats the monster. It grows big. They have a robot. They kill the monster. And then it it ends with a children's choir singing, still with their pots and pans and leaf whistle and nonsense. Still singing Do, Re, Mi, Fa, So, La, Ti, Do. <laughs> My throat is dead. R.I.P. Mm. Uh, okay. okay. Oh, no, I was just wasn't sure if that was exactly the end of the thing. Okay. All right. No, so it's, that, it's done. that is it for us for this week. We'll be back next week with more uh, Rescue Bots. And, of course, until then, you can find us all over the Internet. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. And we have a Patreon. We are hosted on IaconUnderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is at patreon.com slash icon underground. Uh, for February, we will finally be getting to talk about Wakanda forever. That's uh, right. That is coming to streaming. Uh, I will be excited to watch it on a screen that does not have whatever weird shimmery thing the theater I went to had because all the theaters around here are kind of garbage. So oh, unfortunately, unfortunately, you saw the uh, you saw the movie in uh, one of the uh, areas being affected by that uh, like weird energy field from the movie Annihilation. Ooh, uh, that's also why your ticket was taken by like a bear with a screaming skull for a head. <laughs> that was a good movie. That was a good movie. I still haven't seen that movie. Good movie. You, I think you'd like it. Probably. Well, it depends upon how much. Squicky body horror. I don't deal with body horror as well. I mean, it's, it's mostly like weird body squicky horror. body horror. I guess, yeah. It's, it's, it's more weird than, like, visceral and gross, though. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, like, if it's a cartoonish level, like, like from beyond, <laughs> that I could still handle. I'd say it's about on the level of from beyond. Okie dokie. So we will we will get to discuss exciting things like Namor getting to say the thing. And Ooh. Yeah, he does indeed. <laughs> he does say the thing. And also them coming up with the whole explanation for his name and then everyone pronounces it in a completely different way for the rest of the movie. <laughs> which kind of <laughs> grated on me a little bit. But okay. Say no more. Yeah. Say so, no more, say no more. So that will be our Patreon. Oh, that's right. And last month we did well. Actually, I, this may still be coming out in January, and for it's my birthday, so we did um, One, One Punch, Punch Man. Man. One That's Punch right. Man. And last week we did a weird filler episode about Gundam. The Charlie mm-hmm. Brown of anime superheroes. Oh, yeah, it's Charlie Brown. Yeah. I like uh, Krillin. So- <laughs> 
All right, so until next time, when uh, when we encounter an endangered species, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. I can't tell if the lines are squiggling or not because now Spruce is in front of the screen. Oh, well, it's not good, but you know, it'll figure itself out anyway. As long as he's not knocking the microphone cable loose again, won't be Yeah, fine. that'll be good. That was and why are my squiggles so Spruce. small? What the fuck? I didn't update Audacity. Oh, do I have the wrong... Hi, Spruce. Am I on the wrong headset? Wait a minute. I don't know. Are you on the wrong headset? Should, no, it's... It you don't sound no, like you're on the like, wrong no, mic. I, I've been using my Bluetooth recently for some talking, and that has a built-in headset, but the regular headphones don't. It's just, my squiggles are small. What the fuck? Maybe I need to be closer to the mic? I don't know. Maybe you need squiggle enhancement. Hopefully it sounds okay in the editing. So many kittens. Come on, guys. I mean, it is squiggling. They're just not as big of squiggles as they usually are. Then again, you guys' squiggles are always smaller than mine, so I have no idea what's going on. Yes. We have teensy squiggles. I like to think that I have moderate squiggles. (laughs)